Welcome to the Good Life EDU podcast presented by the Nebraska ESU Coordinating Council. I'm your host, Andrew Easton. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the latest in digital learning across Nebraska and around the country. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back for another episode of the Good Life EDU podcast. And we actually today are speaking with two administrators from Tri-County, along with ESU 5's Jen McNally, on the topic of wellness for all, and just really that, that mental health piece as it pertains both to educators and also to our students. And so really excited uh, to invite these individuals onto the pod today. And we're gonna start with introductions as we always do. And so I'm gonna throw it over to Jesse Gronmeyer first. Um, can you give us an introduction, a little bit of your personal history in education? Yeah, uh, again, Jesse Gronemeyer. I am currently the elementary principal at Tri-County. I am in my 10th year with that role, preschool through sixth grade. Prior to that, I spent nine years as the physical education instructor here at Tri-County, preschool all the way up to seniors in high school, coached multiple different sports. So just starting my 19th year, total in education, have a wide array of experience from the classroom to the administrative roles in the building. Well, terrific. And thanks, Jesse, for joining us. And uh, we also have Ryan Clark here as well, the high school principal in Tri-County. Ryan, can we hear from you a little bit about your history? Yeah, before I do, Jesse went to school at Tri-County. So he's been here his whole entire life. I have. Went to college and came back to my alma mater and wouldn't change a thing. The community is Jesse Grunemeyer. That's for sure. <laughs> well, my name is Ryan Clark. I'm the secondary principal at Tri-County, grades 7 through 12. My history of education or being in education, I started in Millard back in 2001 as a third grade teacher. Then I taught fifth grade in Millard. And then in my family, we moved to Lincoln. I taught in Lincoln Public Schools for about seven years in the fifth grade and came to Tri-County after that. My family lives in this area. My wife's from this area. So moved down here, uh, started off at Tri-County as a reading, what was that, reading coordinator, reading coach, reading, reading coach. specialist. And then that evolved into a curriculum director. And this is my first year as secondary principal. Picked a fantastic year to start everything. It's been, it's been nothing but excitement, that's for sure. <laughs> you and, know what? And I hired and I hired him, Andrew. So he, if it wasn't for me, he wouldn't be here. Nope. <laughs> Let's just throw that out there. That's the first time you ever reminded me of that. <laughs> uh, well, I, I'll say this, Ryan. I'm new to this role as well. And so when you don't know any better, the uh, the abnormal seems normal. So hopefully that's what I keep, what uh, I keep things will just so. get easier. And we also have Jen McNally of ESU 5. So Jen, if you'd like to maybe give us an introduction and segue that maybe even into some of your work with mental health as it pertains to education with teachers and with students. Yeah, it's great to be here. My name is Jen McNally and I'm the Director of Mental Health and Wellness for Educational Service Unit number five, ESU five. And this is my 19th year working in the field of mental health and uh, the last 10 years really working specifically in the school setting. And it's been such a great experience to promote mental health and destigmatize mental health and make that just a, a norm in, in our school districts. And I'm really proud of that work. In ESU 5, we piloted a mental health program that began with just me in 2017. We were, I was at five different districts through the week. And eight weeks into it, we already had those districts add additional days for the following year. And we had two other districts at that time say, we want to be a part of this the next year. So we hired 
Now year four, we have four of us clinicians. We serve uh, out of the 10 districts in our ESU five, nine, um, nine school districts we support with the mental health program. And when you know here wellness for all, uh, that's the program model that we uh, speak about often. And we're not just looking at only students, but primarily a lot of work working with how do the staff, how do our educators feel in the building. We know healthy kids are healthy learners, and we also need to have healthy educators, healthy staff. And so I think that's a big push of, of mine and my team and something that we're very passionate about. And we're excited that we're continuing to grow the program. We're excited that we have such commitment and, um, and invaluable support, if that's the right word, uh, unconditional support from not only Tri-County, but our ESU, and even outside of our ESU, I do a lot of work nationally just speaking about teacher wellness, and I'm really, I'm really thankful for that, to get that message out there. I'm really thankful, too, for the efforts that we're going to have the opportunity, that you're implementing and we have an opportunity to explore today, because I do think that there's just a certain degree of intentionality that, that comes with this at, at its core. I think that all of us in a fast-paced world really can fill our schedules <laughs> and be really busy, or can find ourselves kind of isolated as the world continues to like move quickly um, and a myriad of, of other types of circumstances in between those. Uh, and I do think that it takes as an individual, you stopping to recognize that you need to take some time to get, you, get your mind right. And it's amazing that we're getting to a place now where you said, use the word destigmatized, that there's that destigmatization going on. Uh, and in addition to that, we're teaching educators and our learners strategies for how to do this well. Uh, and so I, I am curious to know, I guess, what are some of those uh, pieces that pertains to teachers that, what are some of those strategies? What are the things that, that, how do we build this out, right, in this wellness for all model? Well, I think the very first thing that we always promote is that every single person has mental health. You don't need to have a mental health diagnosis to have mental health. Everyone listening to this podcast, those of us involved speaking together right now, uh, we all have good days and bad days. And there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. And but when we feel stuck, and when we know that it's okay not to be okay, and we're not moving forward, that's when we really want to help our educators and our and our kids, our students to really implement some self care mental wellness strategies so we can move forward in a productive kind of forward focused manner. So whether you're, you know, even doing simple affirmations, I am statements, we, we tend to have people be like, Oh, how can that change your mental powerhouse. Think about how much we say to ourselves that doesn't serve a purpose. All of the I'm frustrated, I'm worried, I'm sad, the what is instead of the what is. And we can get stuck in that momentum, but saying a positive, if I say, take five affirmations, take five seconds in your entire day to take care of yourself first, which is in turn taking care of everybody else, you know, it, it can be uncomfortable at first, training your, your brain, so to speak, to focus in on all of those things, because we have so much noise that goes around outside of us, so many things that we have on our to-do list. So I think that's important. Amazing though, like if you think about like if somebody said, I'm going to go work on my physical health, I'm going to go to the gym today, I'm going to go go for a run, you never bat an eye at, at that person. It's so it's always like, oh, good for you. You're such so motivated. But as soon as somebody says, I need to take some time for myself because I'm going to work on my mental health. Admittedly, it's it's one of those things where people just don't know what to say. They feel it's almost like they. Uh, or at a loss for words almost. And that, and that's one of those things that's just, like you said, destigmatization about what mental health really is. 
Andrew, I'm just sitting here. I, I made notes for this presentation and I had destigmatized in my notes and I'm a little bummed now. She stole my, my wow word. So, <laughs> oh, well. Well, I maybe will give you another chance to come up with a word because the thing that I wanted to ask kind of is a little bit of a follow-up here. So you said the I am statements. Jen, could you walk Jesse, Ryan, and myself through crafting an I am statement in this moment, like right now? How do we... I mean, what I'd be like, I am hungry because it's almost lunchtime. But like, you know, like, so what, what yeah, does that look I mean, like? It's like purposeful. It's like, you know, we give so much energy and power away to things that don't serve a purpose. To get your power back, to start taking, you know, seeing conflict as opportunities, not obstacles. Take that edge off of stuff that just feels like it piles up and that baggage we carry with us. How you take your power back is implementing mental wellness is your first step, right? So if we're formulating an I am statement, it's thinking about what are you, what are you in your life worried about and how can you turn that non-productive thought into a positive thought, right? I, I don't know if I can do this to, I believe in myself. I don't know if I have enough time where I am enough. I am doing what I can. Right? Those are the way that we shift an I am. Take that non-productive thought that keeps us stuck and worried and frustrated and sad and stressed out and turn it into something that can help you move forward. Because we all have this mountain that we see every day. Sometimes it's through the week. And really, it's just taking a step. Taking a step every day, being purposeful and taking care of ourselves. Because we're much better than for our families, for our students, for our colleagues, for our friends when we do that. So if I were to say something like, I, I am the best I can be in this remote learning space today. <laughs> uh, and I also know that I am capable of being better tomorrow and as a way to sort of give yourself some grace, but also a growth mindset simultaneously, right? Those kind of things. Yeah. And, you know, even like thinking and just watching you say the I am statement, you're navigating through your brain trying to, it doesn't feel always natural for people to navigate through a positive sentence and I am statement because it's much easier for us to say, this stinks, I am frustrated, I am stressed. When we have to reframe that thinking, more often than not, it can feel really uncomfortable because we're, you know, the science even behind it, training your brain, taking that from a weak pathway to a strong pathway to build mental wellness. It's so important. And as an administrator, I've seen it in action, you know, when kids are having that, that rough day or even staff members or, or even myself, I've seen Jen walk around and do some of those types of strategies with kids and something I never knew how to do and, and to watch it in action and actually make a big difference in their day was, it is so powerful. So it's been extremely helpful. Yeah. Do you have a specific example maybe that you can call to mind and um, yeah, I can remember one. Might have been last year or the year before. I can't remember. We had a an elementary teacher just dealing with some struggles with her own children and some things in her own life. And I observed, you know, just that that conversation that Jen had with her. Somehow Jen was able to to bring about the positives in her life and have her talk about them. And you could just see the I could see the staff member just change from unhappy to being more satisfied and understanding her situation at school a little bit better. And she, she started to make more sense as, as Jen was, you know, working with her. So it, yeah, it, it makes a big difference. Obviously Jen's a trained professional and a little bit better at it than I am, but I'm learning by watching and observing and 
the more and more we, we do things like this in our school, it makes more and more of a positive difference. Jesse, one of the things that I heard you say there too was she went from being unhappy to something akin to satisfied. And I think maybe in our brains, we want to say, well, happy that this is going to necessarily, and I, I appreciated that word satisfied there because I feel like that, that can be the case. It, we're not always in control of the things that happen to us, but we're typically somewhat in control of how we respond to that. And hopefully we find ways uh, with, through things like I am statements <laughs> to, to spin a positive light on who we are in the moment, I guess, uh, as yeah. a way to maybe navigate some of that. So, yeah, uh, not, oh, I was just going to say, it's not always unicorns and rainbows, you know, and at least they're able to understand maybe what's going on in the situation a lot better to where they can rationalize and calm down and move forward in a positive direction instead of continuing to decline throughout the day. Right. And, well, and how, how contagious too that, you know, so Jen helps a teacher whose attitude is uplifted and you got a chance to witness that. And so that kind of helps with like the culture too, that you're aware that these things are going on within your building and culture matters. Ryan. Um, yeah. Example maybe from your experience. Well, you mentioned the word contagious and this is my first year at this and I'm waiting for the training, you know, I'm waiting for uh, the, the opportunities to, to learn about how to boost morale, how to, how to make people think positively about their job. And I quickly realized there's no training for this. And so I quickly realized that I need to watch Jen and her interactions between kids and adults. That's how I've learned how to incorporate some of the things that Jen, I haven't even told you this, Jen. But yesterday, I was getting hammered at, right when I walked in the door. It was this, it was that, it was tons of things. And I learned just, just I said to everybody, and we need to be honest with each, with each other as humans. I said, all right, people. I've been getting hammered since the minute I walked in here. I need a break. I'll come back out and we'll figure this out. So I just literally backed into my office, came back out and 10, 10 minutes later, had a smile on my face because at the end of the day, everything's going to be okay. This is the best place to be for lots of people. And our kids all made it to school safely. Everybody had food in their bellies. Everything was going great for us, but we were so focused on these three or four little things that were just not letting us get over the hump. Long story short, Jen has modeled that with kids and, and adults just by giving them the perspective of be grateful for the great things that are going on in your life. If anything happens that makes you feel like those great things aren't important, you have to remember of all the great things you have going for you and it will be okay. She never pulled me aside and said, this is what you got to do, plan A, plan B, plan C. It's just her constant uplifting motivational, honest opinion about people that she isn't afraid to tell tell kids and adults that I realize I just need to tell people how great they are because people need to hear that. It's, it's so hard to tell yourself how great you are. Just so hard to tell yourself how blessed you are. Nobody's going to do it for you. So this is sort of the push people need to just kind of have some perspective about how great their life is because things can be way worse than they are. We've you know, we lived through it four months ago when we were at home and we thought we'd never be back here. Just, we just didn't know when it would end. And so just watching Jen and seeing her interactions with adults and kids, that's the training that I needed as, as a first-year principal. It was, it was pretty eye-opening and then just took it on. So I don't think there's a playbook for it, but I think an intentionality of it and wanting people to feel like they're uh, wanted and needed. And as you can find small opportunities to do that just as you mentioned in walking back into your office you in those moments are modeling and, and perpetuating that culture 
even in a moment of stress for you, right? And so it's really cool that as a leader in your building that you're able to not lead just in a systems and you know <laughs> all the things that I'm sure make being an administrator really challenging in the middle of a pandemic, uh, but, but definitely as a, a mental health and wellness leader at the same time. And I, and I, I don't know if this was like a Friends episode of my, my daughter's just a Friends nut until she ran out of episodes to watch, but there's always, there's that one episode I always go back to. It's, it's the one where you can never entirely do something for somebody else and not get a good feeling about it. You all remember that. I think it was Phoebe that said that. But in that moment where I, I, so I went back to my office and I was trying to think of all the great things we have going for us at Tri-County. And I was uplifted by it. Just reflecting on all the great things we had going for us and how much perspective we needed to gain, that turned my whole day around. So yeah. you can never just do something for somebody else and not get anything out of it. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's, it's almost <laughs> like it helps you as a professional when you're trying to uplift people and, and get them going in the right direction. I love that you say that. And it, I don't have, I've never actually watched one friend episode and I'm not even sure if I should say that. Thank you, but <laughs> please do. But I love that because uh, one of the most influential people in my entire life was my grandma. And um, I always, one of the things that really resonated with me and I've really tried to instill into my life and in my work is that when you're not feeling great, when you feel down in the dumps, when you're feeling stuck, do something for somebody else. Show grace to somebody else and go back and reflect, do you feel better? Because 100% of the time, I know for me, if I feel stuck or in a funk, and I'm the one that does this work, and that's what I wanna also make sure so people are hearing this, even if you're a mental health clinician, even if you, I live mental wellness, I teach mental wellness, I'm not you know, void from having bad days. I have bad days, like all of us. I have worries, I have stress. Working with educators, I worry about their stress. And I have to do those same things, right? Getting stuck and making sure that I am continuing to move forward because it's very easy to get caught up in the weeds at times when you have so much on your heart and mind. So I, I loved that, Clark, I thought that was great. And a, a thought that I'm having as I'm hearing both of you share there that I, I'd like to at least kind of consider is that where is that fine line between allowing someone to verbalize their present circumstance and then also having that positive outlook in the midst of a tough time. Uh, I, I, for the first time this summer, came across the, the term toxic positivity, which I don't really care for the term if I'm being frank about it, but it's just this idea that maybe, I honestly think it sounds more like sympathy versus empathy. Sympathy would be to say, uh, that really stinks that you're in this situation and you're and you're kind of giving advice uh, that you might that sounds a little cliche instead of sort of coming alongside that individual and trying to understand where they're at and to talk with them through it. Uh, so where in your mind, Jen, where does that line kind of lie between people needing to verbalize and recognize the present moment, but at the same time not let it be something that weighs on them? Well, I think the answer is that we do that for students. We do that for students because we know that's what is going to make them go from point A to point B. We know that that they're going to be more engaged in learning. They're going to do better social, emotionally, you know, all those things. And you have to let the adults in the building participate in that too, right? There's always a non-negotiable. Nobody gossips to me because gossip tears other human beings down and that's not a conversation that's productive in any manner. Venting is very healthy. We call it a 20-20 rule, right? So you take the amount of time that you need to vent 
and then you take the same amount of time that you need to figure out what can be helpful going forward. I'm a big advocate if somebody comes to me and says, I don't feel good. I don't, I'm a big proponent <laughs> of do not tell that person it'll be okay. Don't worry about it. Get a good night's sleep. Tomorrow's a new day. Think positive, right? That's not what we do here. And that's not something that I promote even when I go to other districts. Right. The reframe the, of that. Those would be the toxic positivity examples yes. that I've read in pursuing yeah. that more, which. When we listen to kids and, and how they feel and they arrive to school and they've experienced even some trauma. And we know maybe they haven't slept, they, have, they haven't eaten, they have, they're worried. We listen to them with open hearts and open minds. We still have to do that as human beings for the adults in the building. They have things that, go, that they worry about and that we need to have a culture and climate. And one thing I'm so incredibly proud of that Tri-County Leadership does here is they promote a culture and climate where it's okay not to be okay and you have a safe place to land in this, in this building. No matter what you're going through, we will go through it together. Let me help you. Tell me how I can be helpful. I mean, they talk about learning from me. I, I mean, I get inspired, and I told you this, you know, when we met earlier, I literally go to work every day, and I say work or a job. It's not a job for me. I get to go every day. I spend so much time here as much as I can because get, I get goosebumps and inspired every single minute I'm here. Whether you hear the sound of a teacher just praising from the top of their lungs, you know, how excited they are about something, to an admin giving a shout out for a kid, or hand, we had a teacher do handwritten note to somebody, and it, I mean, those little things add up to be the big things. Those are what people remember, those little moments. Yeah, and the, the thread across all of that, too, becomes being, being a present and active listener first before trying to solve other people's problems. And I'm curious, as administrators this year, have you found uh, yourselves in, I would imagine that the opportunity to be a listener is there even more prevalently than it probably was in the past because of the added stress that's on everyone. How are you both dealing with that uh, in the midst of your own need for mental health and taking care of, of all the things you're responsible for at this time? Yeah, being an administrator, you obviously got to think about yourself at times too because it, it does become so demanding. So you need to go to your happy place, whatever it is. At times you got to find it. You got to go out and do some of those activities you like. In terms of, of, of a school, and yeah, you mentioned you got to be a listener. I, I've found that out. You have to listen to staff. You have to listen to students. And I think we have to be a little proactive in, in public schools too in terms of, like Jen mentioned, culture and climate. You've got to create that climate where it's, it's very positive. You, you have positive interactions with kids. Everybody's a good listener. You reward kids for, for good behaviors, maybe at a school-wide level or at an individual level. So you help prevent, and staff too. I want to make sure I mention that too. You do those same things for staff. Hopefully that helps prevent some of those negative feelings in staff and in teachers. But I'm, I'm a huge proponent of, of PBIS, Positive Behavior Intervention Supports in Public Schools, and I would push that and push that into districts to promote that, to make sure every interaction a kid has is positive, because you have no clue what, what they've went through at home, you know, the 16 hours of their day beyond school. So we have to create a positive environment here, be proactive, and I think that's really going to help some of those 
negative feelings amongst people when they enter that building. Because like Jen said, when you walk in this building, you should feel that it is the best place to be. If, you, if that first interaction is someone barking down your tree, that's not the right place to be. And that's not the school we want. So positive interactions create that environment for kids. Yeah, without a doubt, positivity, it's contagious. And one thing I've learned, and Jesse helps me with this constantly, I come down here and I just need ideas. I bounce off ideas with them all the time, but I can't assume that I know what everybody wants on my end of the building. I, I have people that I rely on down there that they're not afraid to tell me, you need to listen to these, this group of teachers because people sometimes are apprehensive talking about their needs, but you need those relationships with the other adults that will tell you, you got to listen. And you have to be able to listen to what other adults want. But the kids will tell you what they want all the time, maybe sometimes. But adults, that's a hard thing for an adult to tell another adult exactly what they want. And so I've learned in the past three, three months, seems like it's been three months, about six weeks, three years. that I need to start listening, be intentional about my listening, and really try to make things work that they want to happen. And so you can't do it by yourself, you know, and the adults need to be at their best mentally. And if they aren't getting the, their needs met, there's no way the kids' needs can be met. So Jesse's a big, big, big help of mine. We're friends outside of school too. And so we can, we can talk at a level uh, as friends, but we can also talk as colleagues and uh, trust that the advice that he's giving me is sound advice and it's uh, through experience. And I can, I can be confident in the things that, that I try to do on the other end of the building. And I think listening and positivity is the two biggest things that I think have helped me so far. I think it's really important too, is just making it not rocket science. Like, are you listening to respond or are you listening to hear? And it's very, you know, simple when you put it in that aspect. And I think that for administrators or for mental health professionals or just in our school systems educators, we do that for kids. We listen because we want to hear what they have to say. We want to know how we can be helpful. And sometimes we get busy and some, you see a lot of people who get stressed or they just got to move on. They just quick to listen to respond. And to build, sustain a culture and climate where people listen to hear, right? And actively follow through with that. And central to all that is just that relationship piece and being the person that the student feels comfortable coming to. You know, Ryan kind of touched upon that in his comments about, uh, and there are, there's, there are truthful students who will overshare at a moment's notice. Love those folks. Uh, but there are others that you, you have to have that rapport with for them to open up. And, and I like the contrast there too, thinking in regards to our staff, right? And so what is our relationship as colleagues, uh, as administrators with, with the, you know, the teachers that are we able to be truthful? Are we able to have those, those kind of conversations? And uh, I do think so much of that comes from leadership and, and what's modeled to kind of bring that back into the conversation, right? Or are we able to have those hard conversations when we're together um, individually or collectively? And uh, as, as you start to do those things consistently, yeah, that, that certainly has to have a significant impact on uh, school culture. And, and it's just really cool to hear it as, Jen was talking about, you know, walking into school and getting goosebumps from going to work. And it's been inspiring listening to the three of you share. Uh, as I say every week, half an hour goes really, really fast. So um, I guess I'll kind of frame it this way. What have we not talked about yet uh, that you would like to maybe impart here as we close out? And so we're going to go ahead and start with, with Jesse. I guess just to encourage people to get a mental health system put in place into their school district. 
when I first started, we didn't have, we didn't have anything. And when a kid was having a problem with mental health, we would call the parent and then typically the parent, we'd talk about maybe setting up a therapy session. Well, that, that all takes time. And having a mental health program in your school, you have immediate access to it. And that has been just so valuable here. When a kid's having an issue, we can refer to the mental health program and we have immediate help. And I would almost add immediate positive response to that help. So I can't encourage school districts enough to get a, get a system in place to help these kids because it has, it has made a world of difference in our district. I know Jen talks about it in the years past. She was seeing 16, 18 kids and her, her caseload has diminished immensely just because of her services. So I've seen it work. It's been a great experience for not only our school, but just the kids. And that's what it's all about is helping kids. So I can encourage those that are listening to get something in place immediately. I would say be patient because I've, I've been in this district for eight years and I know lots of kids in the community and there are kids now that stop and talk to Jen who in the past wouldn't even dream about talking to another person. But if we're patient with kids and they know that along the way that we care about them and we're here for them if they need us, eventually they'll come around. And so it may not be super apparent that they need our help or they need somebody to talk to, but that constant relationship that they see weekly because we're fortunate enough to have Jen here weekly. If they see that Jen is here weekly or there is help here weekly, eventually they'll come around and they'll pour it out for you. And so it's, I think it's important that we're patient with our kids and our adults because it takes time for kids and people to understand that we talked about this at the, in the beginning, the stigmatization of, of mental health and being able to talk about yourself to somebody else is a big deal to people. And if we, rush at it and we try to try to get all these people in and, and, and fix them right away. I think we're doing everybody a disservice. So we really, really need to be patient with a lot of our kids and adults because it's not going to happen overnight. If a, if a student is the way they are, they didn't get that way overnight. They, they, they took 11 or 12 or 13 years to get that way. You can't fix things overnight. And so we really need to be patient with, with the amount of things that great things that we're doing. And I was talking to Jen this morning, how she's going to work herself out of a job, but as a complete joke, there are so many other kids that Jen reaches and Jen talks to that we don't even document. It's just the smiling face in the hallway. It's the, it's the, you look great, or you're doing awesome. Those interactions that are super important, they almost outweigh the uh, scheduled visits that Jen has. And so patience and persistence, I think is the key to what we have going here. And I can't help but think while you're talking, as educators, we get into education because we care about kiddos and want to help kiddos and probably experience that ourselves at one point in time, right? Most of us can point to that teacher or that principal or someone who, or coach who was just inspiring and, and we wanted to have the same kind of difference that they made in our life for other folks. And, and in a time that's really hard for us as educators to feel motivated and to, to be inspired, um, to recognize the potential of the present time to be that for kids, right? I think it's just really, you know, seeking out opportunities in the middle of a pandemic to really be the person that students will leave our system, like you're saying, to say hi to you in the street later <laughs> and um, quietly carry through their life that 
admiration and uh, appreciation for what you were for them in a moment when they really needed you is just uh, speaks to what we could all wake up and, and get after it for. I don't know. I get excited just thinking about these things. Jen, you want to bring us home? What are you going to close us with here? Well, I, I mean, I think we've said such great, some really great conversation. I just want to acknowledge that our state and people who are listening who have listened to me before know that I'm a big advocate for this. Nebraska, we should be so proud as educators. We, in my opinion, lead what it looks like for mental health, promoting mental health, promoting mental health for, for all of us. And I just want to say for all of you listening out there, thank you so much for doing that. Thank you so much for making physical and mental health just as important. Thank you so much for listening to hear. Thank you so much for the grace you give each other and continue. There's so many what ifs still. There's so many unknowns still. Continue to allow yourself that time and space to take those times that you need. You deserve it. You've earned it. I'm just so honored to be a part of Nebraska public school system and to travel our state. And so it's just been remarkable. Well, and thank you, all of you, for your efforts in this avenue and, uh, and for sharing today, too, because I think that just getting those ideas out there and, and having conversations like this are just so important. So really appreciate it, and hopefully we'll get to check back in with you another time soon. Thank you. Thanks, Andrew.